We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Horowitz and Grisefo are producing the show back at CBS Sports Radio in New York City. Seth Canner with another update here in just about 27 minutes. Zach Gelb in less than an hour. Conversation uh, over the last hour or so. We've talked about this Equality Act and how it will get to high school sports or it already has in terms of a high school boy identifying as a girl and playing on girls' sports teams. You have the kids in Connecticut who identified as transgender and they run track on girls' teams. I'm just asking the audience this question, and it's really not a political debate. And we're allowing people the freedom to be who they want to be, but we're talking at the high school level. Should a boy who identifies as a transgender be allowed to play on girls' sports teams? Simple question. You can answer it. 1-855-212-4CBS. That's 1-855-212-4227. At Saturday Huge on Twitter. Saturday Night Huge Show on Facebook. Sidebar question, what's the best sporting event you've been to, but your team, it's not one game, it's not your team in a Super Bowl, what's the best? I listed mine, College World Series, Super Bowl week is phenomenal. Final fours are fantastic. I haven't been to Augusta. A week at the Masters, nothing's even close to it. On my bucket list. Having someone I know who's a member there that would take me golf. And I, I'd i want to play the course, but also be there for an entire week. Rent a house somewhere, you know, within an hour of Augusta and just be there start to finish the entire week. And then somebody asked me the question, okay, between the College World Series, Super Bowl week, Final Four weekend, what's better? And College World Series in Omaha, because it was just like a big, like you're at a, a baseball palooza beer tent. It was fantastic. And, that, and I, I'm talking mid-90s, so this is before all the modern upgrades in Omaha, and you'll get Michigan and Vanderbilt game one of the College World Series championship finals on Monday night in Omaha, game two on Tuesday night, and a game three, if necessary, on Wednesday. Horowitz, did you see the Louisville pitcher that dropped the F-bombs towards Vanderbilt after striking out a big strikeout in the bottom of the ninth when they were holding on to a 2-1 lead, which would have forced a game today uh, for Louisville to try and get uh, to the final series against Michigan. Did you see that? I saw a gif of it online or jif, however you say it, but I was not watching live. Yeah, I was watching it, and I'm like, I can't believe the umpire did not throw him out. What? you, You had an issue with it? No, no, I, oh, hold on. I didn't have an issue when he did it. One time when you go tell a hitter to sit down, right? 
and that was Luke Smith, who was the Louisville pitcher. And But the second time he did it, and then what happened was with Karma in the ninth, uh, when they took the lead on him, the whole Vanderbilt bench came out. <laughs> so now the home plate umpire's trying to, you know, he, he walked over to their bench a couple of times. I thought once, you know, if you strike out somebody and you say, go sit the F down, uh, that's part of baseball. But when he was doing it again, I if you watch it, not not just the, the gif, if you watch what he did, I, I thought it crossed the line. I really did. Maybe not thrown out, but at least the umpire grabbing him saying, just like he did to the Vanderbilt bench, get back in there, you know, because he knew – he was close to a free-for-all. I didn't have an issue with one, but two. Uh, and he fired up Vanderbilt. In my mind, my first thought was, ah, he shouldn't be thrown out, but the you know the ump should warn him. And then I said, he just, he just fired up Vanderbilt, and they came back and won. Plus the Louisville, you know, coming through the loser's bracket, you're shorthanded on pitching. And I think he threw, was it 129 pitches? Luke Smith did for Louisville? I think it was 129, if I'm not wrong. That's a lot. That is a a lot of pitches. So, but, and I think where it ramped up to was that when ESPN did the slow-mo, you knew exactly what the guy, guy was saying. So you... But you're saying, Horowitz, that he can he can jaw all he wants to after striking out a hitter. You can jaw all you want, but guess what? You know, you better not give up the lead the following inning, or you better hope that the next time you come to the plate that they're not going to, you know, bring something uh, a little little inside on you. That's yeah, how yeah, sports but, works. Yeah, but the college pitchers don't have to hit, so that's part of it too, right? Right, but then you know what? You want to jaw. The other hitters now are going to come out next inning, and they're, they're going to want to put one – 500 feet, uh, you know, into the uh, the green in the back behind the fence. I mean, that that's sports. You want to jaw, great, but now go out and back it up. You can't back it up, then guess what? Last laugh's on you, and the other team should be able to say whatever they want to you. Yeah, These are grown way, men. Right. Vanderbilt, D.H. Philip Clark, reading from CBSSports.com, that was a big turning point in the game. He told the Tennessean, things – like that definitely fire us up. And then Vanderbilt came back to win and advanced uh, without a loss uh, to the championship series. Best two out of three against Michigan, who is on a run right now through the tournament and a winning at Oregon State, at UCLA, and uh, now taking care of business. So should be a good College World Series finale. Best two out of three. It's not one game like it used to be. So Horowitz, um, through all your travels, not with your teams playing in a game, what has been the best sporting event slash great time you've been to? It's not just the game. Like College World Series isn't all about baseball. It's about just a like a baseball fest palooza, something like that. What's the best you've ever been to? Well, I've been to a Stanley Cup final. Um, see but that's my... one game. I'm talking. This has to be like Masters for a, you know a weekend. Well, I had a tickets week. to the whole series. 
I do oh. all right. I do all right for myself. Wow. Yeah. Um, you must be rich. <laughs> I I've been to a PGA Championship, which I loved. The majors are fantastic on the PGA Tour. But in terms of events outside of one game, I haven't been to any other events per se. Yeah, I, I, if I had to rate Super Bowl, College World Series, Final Four, golf majors, who, uh, mm, man, you know, Final Fours have such a big feel to them. So Super Bowl week would be one, Final Four two, College World Series three, golf majors that I've been to, I haven't been to Augusta, would probably be four. Tell you what, NASCAR in its heyday, uh, when they did it right, uh, in person, when you're around 100,000 people uh, in the weekend there, if you camped or had an RV, that was a pretty good time if you did three or four days at a track like Michigan International Speedway. You know, you had to be there, though. TV doesn't do NASCAR justice, and it really wasn't the race. It was the party. You know, I'm, I'm a single guy. You get the VIP RV and you're with three buddies and you're there for five nights, probably 15 hours combined sleep. That was a good time. That that sounds awesome. That was beyond a good time. Right now I'm totally spacing out. I have no idea who I am or why I'm here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about the you know, big deluxe motor coach and and we got to park in not the mud pits in the infield, but we got to park in the cool VIP area. And just, uh, it was awesome. But, you know, NASCAR lost touch with its roots. That's it. I don't know how they'll ever recover. I, 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 I guess they're buying all the tracks. I, I think a Dale Earnhardt Jr. will need to buy NASCAR or Tony Stewart or a combination of those guys uh, to really rescue the sport that would be my best bet back out to the audience let's go to gerald in houston listening on am 610 thanks for the wait and you're on the saturday night huge show always happy to speak with you always enjoy your show very very thank you gerald um the thing that i like more than anything is college rivalry weeks i've had the opportunity to go to a few and the average guy or the average young lady can participate for a whole week in that rivalry. And it just shows the school spirit, what the schools are about. And so it's just a, it's just a fantastic event. And the average person can participate. When you speak of the Masters and Final Four and the College World Series, some schools have never been. Some schools will never go. But you rivalry, you always play that rivalry every year. You see people you haven't seen in years. You get there on a Tuesday, and it's fun the whole week. That's, that's just me. The second thing is that when it gives a bit of history, when the Civil Rights Act was passed, they said to Thurgood Marshall, who's argued it, that if you win this case, you open in the door for a whole lot of equal rights for a whole lot of different people. And that's where we stand today with the transgender movement and these other things. They go to court. They get a ruling. And it's a, it's a pity that we've taken it to the point of what it was meant to be is equal for everyone, but not equal for all people to take advantage of it. And that's, to me, what people are doing. These transgender individuals are taking that particular law and using it to their advantage. 
and it's just a shame because it takes away the average young lady or the average young man ability to participate in the sport. Everyone wants to be great, and it's just unfair. So thank you. Thank for you, Gerald. Always good to hear your voice uh, listening on AM 610 in Houston. Let's go to Dean in Chicago listening on AM 670, The Score, here on the Saturday Night Healed Show. Hey, Bill. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, Dean. Uh, I have a kind of an offbeat question, maybe, but with regards to the transgender issue, if someone who identifies as a transgender male to female competes in a high school individual event like track and field, swimming, something like that, and they win a state championship or some such title, and I'm not being a wise guy, but in the record books, would there be an asterisk next to their name? You know, I I doubt it at the uh, high school level. I really do. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I doubt at at the the high school level, and I appreciate the call, Dean, in Chicago, that there there would be an asterisk. Now, high school policies for transgender student athletes. It's interesting when you look across America, what states have them. It's case-by-case or individual review in a ton of states. Inclusive, no medical hormones or surgery required for high school policies for transgender student-athletes. A lot of states. Some states have, they require a birth certificate or surgery and hormone wait period. Some have no policy, like Tennessee or Mississippi or South Carolina. Texas says, you know, requires birth certificate or surgery and hormone wait period. Louisiana, Indiana do the same thing. Others don't. You know, Connecticut, like I said, had the story of the transgender student athletes. And in a story... Out of Boston, I am a girl, I am a runner. Transgender athletes respond to the discrimination complaint in Connecticut where three girls filed a lawsuit recently saying transgender athletes competing in high school track violates federal protections for female athletes and have cost them top finishes and possibly college scholarships. So there you go, what I've been talking about. So now you have females at the high school level feeling discriminated by transgender athletes, boys who have identified as girls. And welcome to lawsuits. Exactly what I've been discussing on this show. If you want to join in, we have a couple of segments left before Zach Gelb at the top of the hour. 1-855-2124-CBS. That's one 855 4227 at Saturday Huge on Twitter and Saturday Night Huge Show on Facebook. Huge is America's voice on sports. This is the Saturday Night Huge Show on CBS Sports Radio. Horowitz and Graceffo are back at CBS Sports Radio 
in New York City. Let's get to some more huge opinions across North America. Jeffrey in Toronto here on the Saturday Night Huge Show. Hey, Jeffrey. Yeah, how are you doing? Doing good, my friend. Good, my buddy, good. Yeah, so just wanted to uh, touch in a little bit on the uh, topic you're talking about uh, transgender-wise. Just up here in Canada, um, I would love to see, dude, like, I'm a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan, so NHL hockey, um, that can get pretty rough, as you've seen in, with Boston and St. Louis, right? Those those are two pretty uh, rough teams that hit and went into the corners and, you know, so on and so on. So women in professional sports, for instance, maybe just looking at it from a different angle, um, maybe – Maybe the ladies, for instance, too, and, and God love them, maybe they want to alter or change themselves in order to be, you know, more masculine in terms of being able to compete in sports like hockey, football. Um, as, as the season goes on, people are going to start to hit. They want the trophy more. They're going to they're gonna go to the dirty areas and the corners, and they're going to hit, and they're going to... So, for instance, in a Stanley Cup final or in a playoff game, if Brad Marchand were to go in and hit a girl, and I know this is kind of far-fetched, but for instance, women, I mean, they've been vying for it for years, women in professional sports. So if, if a guy goes in and hits a girl in a game seven and, you know, pastes her into the boards, goes and takes the puck and scores, how does that, how do people view that, right? Like, how does... Uh, you know, there's there's got to be a little bit of give and take there. And, and you know, I don't know if that's relevant to the situation, but, I mean, in, girls in sports, I'd, I'd love to see it. I want to see it. it. It's happening. But in terms of the grand scheme of things, uh, yeah, what, what do we do there, right? Like what happens when it gets physical and stuff, right? Yeah, and, Jeffrey, who was the, the, the Canadian skater – I think she was Canadian that at the All-Star game, whether it was this past All-Star game in the NHL, that she yeah, was one no, of the fastest she, skaters, right? Exactly. She was, yeah, she uh, commentates on NBC with Pierre Maguire. I, uh, no, I don't know her name, buddy. you got to forgive me. But, yeah, she's American, and she, I think she was captain of right. uh, the Olympic. Yeah, yeah. And she was, like, one of the fastest skaters in the, their skills competition that they did uh, compared yeah. to men. I, I actually think a woman... If I looked at hockey, the the first place a woman could ever play in the NHL, my guess would be would would be a goaltender. Well, now you, now Bill, okay, for instance, you're right, and there was there was a girl, and Manol Manol did it. Yes, they, well, they never even give her a chance, really, and and she, she and but she, she only did it minor league, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, she did a preseason game with Tampa Bay or something, and then I mean, she got shelled that game. But at the same time, I mean, it was only one game. So, I mean, that's so cool, eh? Could you imagine 20 years from now? I mean, and I hope to see it in my lifetime. Let, let's do it somehow. Let's find a way to let to, because they want it. The girls want it, right? Yeah, but it has to be, you know, it, and I appreciate the call from Toronto. Great conversation. Yeah. It, and it has to be natural, okay? You can't have a woman try and become a man and take, you know, performance-enhancing Drugs or HGH, because then you're violating the performance enhancing rules, which I think a lot of men do anyways. 
But it, and I, there was a pitcher, uh, the Northern League, uh, and it was, again, minor league baseball, where, you know, some are saying what would be the first spot a woman could play in the big leagues. And I, I think it would have to be a pitcher, you know, because you've seen guys like Maddox, you know, a buck 55 or something. Like I said, I, I have no problem with golfing with a woman who's better than me casually or at an LPGA pro-am, uh, a woman that could just spank my butt in tennis, women who are better basketball players than I am, then I, I get it's if it's natural. I'm telling you the sports, and you get this, you know, lawsuit we just mentioned in Connecticut where a a, a guy who ran track identifies as a woman and runs track. I'm sorry, that that's a competitive imbalance and advantage. But in today's society, and for all of us weekend warrior guys listening right now, there are. A lot of women who could whip you in golf, who could beat you in basketball, who could crush you in tennis, um, swimming. I'm just going down the list here where the woman being a superior athlete, I have no issue with it. But when it becomes an unfair situation, then you have that story in Connecticut and you have a debate that's still ongoing. If you want to join us, we have one final segment together. One eight five five two one two four CBS. That's one eight five five two one two four two two seven. I'll read tweets here uh, within twenty five minutes. You can tweet me twenty four seven at Saturday Huge on Twitter. Like me on Facebook. Search Saturday Night Huge Show. It's the Saturday Night Huge Show once again. Here's Bill Huge Simonson. Are you watching any of that Big Three, Horowitz? Have you watched any of this? Sorry, I had to hang up on somebody to answer you. I haven't yet. Um, No. I I can't watch three-on-three. I can't. It it doesn't do it for me. Half-court, three-on-three. But I see, you know, a lot of people love it. I don't blame them. That's their cup of tea, and they should tune in to CBS Sports Network uh, to watch it. But but for me, I I just don't like the three-on-three half-court. Part of it might just be because I'm, you know, scarred from when I was younger basketball was the one sport I couldn't play so everyone's out there playing half court you know two on two three on three I was just kind of sitting off to the side uh trying not to embarrass myself so that might be part of the reason well here's what the audience has learned from us in the last hour and 30 minutes that uh we would rather watch mini golf on tv than the big three that's just you and me, but I'm. Hey, listen, I told you, let's pool some money, let's get this thing going, and, and get ourselves rich. I got to tell you something. The, the comments at Saturday Huge on Twitter, a ton of them about mini golf. I'm not lying. People that it's a hidden. You look at the five million people who watched Steph Curry's Holy Moly debut on ABC. There's something there. We got to keep moving. Uh, let's get out to the audience. Tom in Michigan. Thanks for the wait, and you're on the Saturday Night Huge Show. No problem, Bill. How are you today? I'm doing well, my friend. I would, for the record, definitely watch mini golf over three-on-three for sure. All right, mini golf was the winner. (laughs) Hey, uh, just talking about the uh, male versus, not versus female, but uh, my son, who in the state of Michigan cannot compete in competitive cheer in high school, 
which I thought was completely crazy uh, in the state of Michigan, which is very weird. And so he, as a 15-year-old, cannot compete in high school. In that, that's cheer. violating Title Nine. I, you know what, uh, Tom? There has to be uh, something out there. Uh, it, it viol- it's discrimination. Uh, the wording of Title Nine ju- doesn't protect just females; it protects everybody, and that's Agreed. discrimination. That is flat out, and then, and it's not. You know, it, it's. It's something that you just need to look into on the exact wording on the competitive cheer, uh, and who who and is that did. run by? Is that run by the state? Is it run by an individual group? How does that? How it's how correct. how was he denied? It's, it's a group. It's the MH. I know you're familiar with the state of Michigan, the MHSAA, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and for the state of Michigan, males cannot compete in competitive cheer. They can participate in the sideline cheer for football, basketball, et cetera, but they cannot do competitive cheer. And so, Did they ever give you a reason why? Uh, they did, and I looked it up, and we went through uh, a few different chains of command, and it was basically decided that the scholarship opportunity for a female in competitive cheer versus a male in competitive cheer was, is greater for the male. And so at that point, there was fewer scholarships available for the female uh, for the college level. And so now it forces my son to, which is great, compete at a gym, a facility, in, uh, you know, 45 miles away uh, to compete versus at his high school. And so now it's almost like a travel competitive cheer team where they cannot compete at the high school level. Wow, that, hey, again, there's there, there's a lot to navigate here. And, Tom, thanks for sharing uh, your son's story uh, from Michigan. So it, it's it's a not a double standard, but in this debate that we're having about, well, transgender kids shouldn't be allowed to play sports, uh, a boy, you know, who identifies as a girl – but then girls can play on a boys' team, but boys can't play on girls' teams. And I think here in the state of Michigan, they use the physical advantages as the reason. But then if you if you look at Title IX, wherever you're listening, and you look at what how it reads, and again, in doing a talk show 27 years... I've always brought that up that, you know, Title IX was part of the education amendments of 1972, okay? Was enacted as a follow-up passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And what it says is that There'll be no discrimination, you know, with the equity in athletics. And I think it has helped women grow with scholarships, with opportunities, with facilities. And 
at the middle school, high school, and college level. It has. Now, between 2010 and 2016, under the Obama administration, the U.S. Department of Education issued guidance explaining that transgender students are protected from sex-based discrimination under Title IX. It instructed public schools to treat transgender students consistent with their gender identity and academic life. A student who identifies as a transgender boy, for instance, is allowed entry to a boys-only class. And a student who identifies as a transgender girl is allowed entry to a girls-only class. This also applies to academic records if that student is over the age of 18 at a university. The memo states, in part, that all students, including transgender students or students who do not conform to sex stereotypes, are protected from sex-based discrimination under Title IX. So then, starting in 2017, with the Trump administration, several of these policies have been rolled back. In October 2018, the New York Times obtained a memo issued by the Department of Health and Human Services that would propose a strict definition of gender for Title IX, using the person's sex as determined at birth and could not be changed, effectively limiting recognition of transgender students and potentially others. So there you go. That's, you know, folks... This is an ongoing debate. And I believe Title IX has protected young girls and given them opportunities at the middle school, high school, and college level. And now you're going to get this new wave of potential legislation could hurt women. It would help transgender students who identify as a boy or girl but could hurt women. So again, that discrimination cycle could continue. Let's go to Scott in San Diego. Thanks for the wait, and you're on the Saturday Night Huge Show. Hi, Bill. How you doing? Hey, Scotty. So I wanted to weigh in on the conversation of the best uh, weekend event or sports event. Uh, I have been to uh, two World Series 84 Padres Tigers, 98 Padres Yankees, been to a World Series, went to the 92 Cowboys Bills with Michael Jackson. But none of that comes close to the Final Four that I went to. Uh, 1979, Salt Lake City, Bird and Magic. Absolutely huge. Unbelievable. Yeah, and thank you for the call from San Diego. Like I said, Final Four, Super Bowl, I think I said Super Bowl week, Final Four weekends. I've been to, what, three Final Fours, two Super Bowls, College World Series, uh, the Gulf Majors. Uh, They would all be there. Again, the Masters is at the top of my list. Uh, I'd love to do the full week at Augusta. Not, Not as a media member, but as a fan. That is... 
lifelong dream. Let's go to Steve in Atlanta, Georgia. You're on CBS hey. Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing, Bill? Hey, Steven. All right, hey, I got a couple of things. Greatest sporting event. Let me tell you. I go to the Cubs game back when uh, Sosa McGuire was going for the uh, home run thing. What, my wife makes me late. I missed Sammy's first home run. We get into the game. She wants something to eat. And I can get something to eat. I missed Sammy's second home run. <laughs> the third time Sammy hit a home run, I was in the bathroom. So I made the game miss all three home runs. The other thing I want to talk about is this transgender thing. I've got three sons and two daughters, all athletes. It's just unfair, man. You, you, you're taking away from two. Right now it's high school. But eventually it's going to go to college and it's going to go to pros. You're taking away from these, from these young ladies because we physically, we know mentally that physically men, no matter what gender they are, men are going to be faster, stronger, and better than women. You might, you might as well just start putting a wig on Mike Tyson saying he's a female and put him in the ring and let him win the women's championship. That's what you're doing. Thank you, Stephen Atlanta. Appreciate uh, your call. You know, Title IX states, no person in the United States shall on the basis of sex be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. So it says no person in the United States on the basis of sex. So an individual just saying, well, I'm identifying as a woman, that won't cut it on the legal side. And also for the father from Michigan, who was saying his son was denied being on the competitive cheer team out of Michigan High School, when you read the words of Title IX, he's being discriminated against. So the consistency... And it's not the Michigan High School Athletic Association or Ohio State Athletic Association. It's Oklahoma High School Athletic Association. It's not on them. What they're trying to do is navigate with lawyers the wording of Title IX, the legalities of Title IX, and also understand that they're offering boys and girls sports. State of Michigan had a couple of parents who were volleyball parents who were upset with the media coverage and felt because girls' volleyball happened when other sports were going on that they were lost in the shuffle and didn't get the same media coverage. And they won a historic court case in Michigan where sports seasons were changed where the girls' basketball team would play after the boys and the boys would be, the varsity boys would be the first game. And they changed a lot of lives, two parents did. And the Michigan High School Athletic Association has to live by that court rule, and if they ever want to change anything, they have to go back through that court. That was two, two parents. You know, this... Uh, Title IX, the gender side of sports at the high school level, where this fight is going, 
And it's not a fight. It's it's a discussion like we had today. Where it's going will be interesting. Because Title IX, you know, says on the basis of sex. So unless you have a sex change operation, I think like some states do require a sex change operation and hormone therapy or reduction to be eligible to play then. I love these conversations. I think it's a foundation of talk radio. I appreciate everybody's opinion and input on air at Saturday Huge on Twitter and Saturday Night Huge Show on Facebook. Want to thank Horowitz and Graceffo. Zach Gelb is next. We'll talk next Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time on the Saturday Night Huge Show.